Black Girl Blues, where we talk about everything that black women go through, including self-discovery, healing, and all the bullshit in between. My name is Kalia. My name is Fonta. And we're going to get right on into our sad girl shit. So again, for those of you who are new or you guys who are returning listeners, then you know that our sad girl shit is just our housekeeping and updates. We just do this to check in on each other and see how we're feeling. So yeah. what's got you feeling? What's got you feeling blue this week? Um, I feel like, <laughs> so I'm orange this week because I am undecided I slash, were you going to be orange yes, too? Yes, or oh. yellow, go ahead. Okay, um, undecided slash anxious slash, I don't even know, just a wide range of just, I don't even know. Um, yeah, I'm kind of just like anxious for like the inauguration and stuff, mm-hmm. um, I'm glad that it's a long weekend, so we have tomorrow off, and mm-hmm. then my company is, like, basically doing, like, a meeting-free week. Nice. Which is lit. I so, love that. Take care yeah. of your mental health. Period. Very so, fair. I'm undecided, a little anxious, waiting to see how it all plays out, but this week, I plan on being on my shit in the gym, now that I have this extra time, and For really right. just, you know, getting shit right. So, yeah, what's got you feeling, Blue? Um, I would say similarly to you, I'm not necessarily feeling blue, but more so yellow, orange-ish. Obviously, because like you said, the inauguration is coming up this week. So just with being in the area, um, it's a little bit more intense, I think, when you're a little bit more removed from it um, versus when you're a little bit more removed from it. So... I'm going to tap in as much as I can, as much as I can bear, but then, like, I also just want to prioritize my own mental health this week and know when to kind of step away when I'm feeling overwhelmed, but, yeah, that's really the only thing that's got me feeling a little weird, but other than that, I'm excited, because we do have (laughs) something special for you guys on this episode, so I'm super excited to have this conversation with our guest um a little nervous because it's the first time that we're introducing someone else on the show so Mm -hmm. i hope that you guys really enjoy this content that we're bringing you and um yeah i think it'll turn out nice yes i'm so excited too because it's a black woman it's a black Black girl blues it's a black woman we love to see it baby period okay so for our episode today we're going to be talking about sex our favorite And we're so excited because we have a guest speaker. Her name is Dr. Canary. Hey! Uh, (laughs) So Dr. Canary, we'd love to just start with an intro. Um, We'd love to hear more about you, what you do, how you got into it, and a little bit more about your brand. Absolutely. So my name is Dr. Canary. I am a psychiatrist as well as a certified sex therapist. And I am owner and founder of the company Mind Body Sex LLC. And pretty much what I do is I work for a pharmaceutical company for my nine to five. And then my little side hustle, um, my passion, my baby is my sex therapy. And I deal with um, patients slash clients that are dealing with sexual trauma um, that need to improve their communication, if they have low or high libido. So pretty much anything in the realm of sex, Karma Sutra, everything pertaining to sex and mental health I deal with. Awesome. And what is, I guess, what is like the purpose or like the passion behind your brand? So the purpose is, is I realized in the African-American community, we really do not like to talk about um, mental health. Um, It's definitely a stigma to deal with depression, to deal with anxiety. And so I wanted to create a company that encompassed all of that, because honestly, if your mental health is not intact or you're not feeling like yourself, it is going to trickle into other areas of your life. And what I realized was the reason why people were having such terrible sex lives or they were having low libido wasn't anything wrong with their vaginas or their penises. It was more so their mental, like they were so stressed. Um, with everything that's going on in the world with discrimination with sexism with racism um, and then having to deal with kids and a husband that they literally sex was the last thing on their mind and like I tell people all the time you know an orgasm a day keeps a lot of mental health away 
So, <laughs> so, you know, it's so important to have your orgasms, to have good sex, um, but that encompasses so much. And so that was the passion and the drive behind because I noticed that as Black women, we will talk about sex with our girlfriends, but we don't want to talk about sex with our partners or our significant others. We don't want to talk about sex with anybody else. And so it's like reclaiming our sexuality, our sensuality, and just being able to be open and free and communicate about what we like pertaining to sex, what we need pertaining to sex. Yeah, yeah that's nice. And that's a good segue into kind of the first thing we really want to hit on, which is, can you just tell us a little bit more about what exactly a sex therapist does? What does your kind of day-to-day look like um, mm-hmm. as a sex therapist? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, so I've... Sex therapy. Or like... You said what? You need sex therapy. Oh, wait, what was the question? I'm sorry. I said, what type of people need sex therapy? Like, okay. does everyone need sex therapy? Like, yes, everybody. Was- your grandma... auntie (laughs) no literally anybody can go to sex therapy um literally anyone because what we do sex therapy is really to help people make better sense of their sex lives essentially um we improve communication we work on issues related to anything dealing with sex so when people think sex they just think oh karma sutra i teach karma sutra all day positions all day but i address any type of sexual disorder so we get into sexual abuse we get into sexual trauma we get into high and low libidos and what we're there to do is really to help find a solution to whatever issue that you're having so that's why i say sex therapy is for everyone because you have people in their 60s and 70s they're still having sex they have a very great sex life actually that's why there was a whole issue of uh the nursing homes were starting to see a rise in STDs because <laughs> they was getting a freak on in them nursing homes yeah. and not using any protection. So, you know, I think there's such a stigma around talking about your sex life and people guard that as very personal. But if you've never been to a sex therapist and you're having issues with sex, I definitely recommend going um, because you would be surprised at what we do. And as far as my demographic right now, actually, of my clients are actually males between the ages. I think my youngest client, he's in law school. Um, How old is he? 21, maybe? That's surprising. I think he's like 21, 22 is the youngest client I have. And the eldest client I have right now is a couple and they're 60. And they just, they're coming to me to just rejuvenate their sex life. They're like, hey, you know, we've been married. I think they've been married almost longer than I've been alive because I'm only 33. I think they've been married about 35 years and um, they're just like, we just want to know how to spice up our sex life. What are we missing? You know, we have the communication. They have a very solid foundation, but they just want to know how to spice things up. They've never used sex toys. There's a lot of stuff that I've introduced to them that they've never thought of. Um, And so, yeah, that's what I do. And on a day-to-day basis right now, I am only doing what we call like telehealth. So I'm only video conferencing them, um, unfortunately, because of COVID. And I do worry because I work in a hospital. um, I do worry about, you know, possibly spreading anything that I get from the hospital to anyone. So I do just telehealth right now. But typically, I do see them face to face. If it wasn't COVID, we would just meet face to face. That's interesting that you have so many male clients. I feel like a, a lot of guys are typically very apprehensive about going to therapy and just, like the word therapy just scares them mm-hmm. now that it's like like therapy specifically pertaining to sex that right. is, you have a, a pretty high demographic with them yeah most of my clients in fact I want some more female clients because most of my clients are males and it's interesting because they do a lot of them don't come to me so much based around sex specifically but they want to know how to speak to women so it's also kind of like life coaching as well because I have like two male clients that it's not so much about sex with them but they're like how do I talk to women why am I not getting these type of women so I'm more of a life coach to them because they really want to know how to dress they want to know how to get a certain caliber of woman and they're trying to figure out just navigate through their dating and try and you know figure out exactly what they want in a woman and Um, Some of my other clients, I do have two that are dealing with like erectile dysfunction. 
-hmm. But once again, it's not anything to actually do with their penis. It's a mental block that they have. So we're working on figuring out, you know, is there trauma that you're suppressing or are you really depressed? Are you feeling anxious? What, where is that mental block at that you, that you're having an erectile dysfunction? Because when you're 25, you shouldn't be having issues with your penis like that. So there, there's other things going on if you are. Right. Yeah. Um, I had asked that, like asking, um, what type of people go to th or sex therapy, just because I feel like it's very hard to like identify when you have a sexual issue. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess like my next question would be there, like, what does a healthy sexual relationship look like for you? Or like, how I love that question. I absolutely love that question. I don't get that question a lot. Surprisingly, people always ask, oh, what does a healthy relationship look like? And they're very similar, but I feel like when it comes to sex, the communication, it, it, it really has to be there. Um, your feelings of safety, um, connection, affirmation in a relationship, especially if you're having sex with that person, is very important. Um, effective communication, because people think that just talking about a subject is communication, but yeah. you really have to have effective communication. And that means talking about what your sexual limits are because we all have them you know some people might not want to dabble in anal some people are saying no to um, a threesome no to toys so when you first start having a sexual experience with someone you have to talk about those sexual limits like you know what i am not open to this or the man will say he's not open to whatever he's not open to because once you start engaging in that sex let's say if your hand goes near his anus and he freaks out and then he's totally turned off then that's a conversation that's going to happen. But he's probably going to be more angry yeah. once he has that conversation. So I always tell people, you know, talk about your sexual limits, um, respectful communication as far as your desires. Um, what do you like in the bedroom? And then also not just about what you like, but what you don't like. Um, what makes you uncomfortable? Because if there is sexual trauma there and you're dating someone that might have been sexually molested, um, that's a conversation that needs to be had what they, what they don't feel comfortable with. And then also refusal of sex. You know, as women, I think a lot of times, and there's men too, but I feel like more so women, you know, when we're stressed or, you know, we have the kids, there's just going to be moments where we don't feel like having sex. And it's like, guys, they want to have sex almost all the time. Yeah. So just him accepting that, hey, there's going to be times she doesn't feel like having sex, us mm -hmm. communicating that, and then the men not feeling, you know, like insulted or having hostility towards the women. So that's important. And then honestly, you know, looking at social media a lot of times, um, and I'm sure you guys see it as well, just the relationships on there, people are together and then all of a sudden they're not together and just choosing a partner that you find trustworthy, you know, where you can express yourself, they appreciate your body, you know, you guys can nurture one another. So I think all those are healthy sexual, those are all things that you need for a healthy sexual relationship. Yeah, yeah. So what do you do then in the instance where, like when we're talking about libido, I feel like mm -hmm. I'm usually the person that has the, the highs, yeah, I agree. And sometimes my partners are like, they're just not that interested, but I want to have sex all the time, or I'm very mm -hmm. explorative in the bedroom, and okay. they are not. So like, mm. there's like two different extremes. So how how do you compromise? Like, I want them to feel safe. I want them to feel heard and seen, but I also want my needs to be met. <laughs> exactly yes and you know what that's a conversation you're probably gonna have to have with them and it's so funny because I joke with my friends all the time like I should make a website for people with low libidos because where you literally have to state if you have a high libido or a low libido because when you first start dating somebody you don't know that you know you like them you're going on dates whatever whatever and then all of a sudden you have sex and then you want to have sex again and again and again and you realize okay I can have sex three times in a day but my partner he only wants it once and then he's good for like three days right and then that issue so I always tell people before you even engage in sexual activities with somebody have that conversation be like you know how often do you have sex and it seems like a weird question but really it'll save you time and energy because I have seen that breakup relationships where the man couldn't keep up with the woman or the 
woman couldn't keep up with the man and it's like it is a very important if sex is a very important part of you and what you like then that's a conversation you need to be had ask them how often they like to have sex yeah uh, in a day in a week you know in a month and then if you notice that their libido is lower than yours and you really like them and you're like you know what i don't want this to deter us from dating then the question is why is their libido so low? Even if they're young, do they have a stressful job? Do they have kids? You know, um, what, what are they eating too? Health is such a huge part of our libido as well. If you're putting junk food in your body, you are going to have issues with your vagina. And men too, they are going to have issues with their penis because the more men, you know, drink alcohol, when you're younger, yeah, you can drink alcohol and be fine. But as you get older, especially men in their late, early to late 30s alcohol starts to affect your penis Mm -hmm. so and then marijuana that's a huge thing people like to smoke marijuana it might relax you and help with your anxiety but guess what it also sometimes decreases your libido and for women a lot of times it dries up our our vagina so i did not know that (laughs) yes 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 increases my libido really yeah i don't i'm not as into it when i'm high i'm it's like I don't know. It's not as it's not as nice. I like being sober and having sex. Mm, so yes. Then I can. Do <laughs> I'm like really there. You know what I mean? Like I'm enjoying like every second of it. And I'm not somewhere else. Right. And that's okay. And that's why some people you have to do what works for you because, like you said, for some women and you guys are young. So I'm more so speaking to people. Maybe once you start 28 and up, you want to decrease how much you smoke marijuana because it can it can it can be associated with vaginal dryness and of course it depends on the woman and everybody's body is a little bit different because I know I have like two clients in their 40s that are women and they still smoke marijuana and I mean they smoke a lot of it and they don't have that issue mm-hmm. but then I have other clients that can't smoke it as much because they start to have issues with their penis or their vagina so it, it really just depends on the person but be careful about what you put in your body because at the end of the day, that can also affect your sexual organs. Wow. Right. Uh, okay. That's like a lot. That's I feel a lot. like, oh, now I'm sad because I'm like, <laughs> we're going to be thinking about this later. Like, I know. <laughs> I, my- but it might not affect you. That's the thing. It might not affect you. And this is, and that's what I'm saying. It affects everybody differently. So that's why I just tell people if you notice a change in your body, like one of the women, she started to notice a change and she could not figure out why she has such vaginal dryness. And as you, we get older anyway, our, vag, our vagina becomes a little bit thinner. Yeah. So that could be the reason as well once we start to hit menopause and all that craziness. But for her, I, it was because she was smoking a lot of marijuana, like at least five joints in a day. <laughs> um, okay, so how do you feel like sexual experiences differ for Black women? Like, are there is, um, just sort of characteristics there? So statistically, it's so funny because I was doing research on that because I honestly never really thought about that. So I did some research and statistically I found there's several articles that say overall there's no difference. Mm-hmm. Now, they did say that Black women, we tend to have higher self-esteem. Uh, we tend to want to be more independent and have more of um, individuality than white women do because white women, they really put a big emphasis on marriage and their husband. Whereas women or black women, even though when we get married, we still want to have time with our friends away from our husbands. We want that independent. We still want to feel like we're independent. So we're more willing to work, still be in the work field than white women. But as far as sexuality and, speaking about sex and sexual relationships statistically they said that there's no difference which i find interesting because in my personal and i'm just going to say in my personal work that i've done between white women and black women i have found to me that that white women are less afraid to speak out about their sexuality and their sensuality Mm. i feel like a lot of the black women that i have worked with when it's one-on-one if they're comfortable, yes. But when it comes to social media or even posting certain things, dealing with sexuality, they'll like it, but they wouldn't dare repost it or say 
I'm going to go home and tell my boyfriend, this is exactly what I want. I want him to eat me out and I want him to do it this way. I feel like a lot of black women, we tend to get, we shy away from that because we know that the black males, they have that pride and it's almost like we don't want to break them of that. Mm -hmm. So we're less likely to talk about the issues that we're having in the bedroom. And a lot of times we go unsatisfied because of it. Yeah. Yeah. But with my white clients, I, I, it's, it's really not an issue with them. Well, most of them, I would say, with that. They're more open to talk about, you know, giving fellatio. Because even when I remember when I was like in middle school and high school, like I never heard any of the black girls talk about giving fellatio. It was like always the white girls that would talk about giving head. And I'd be like, do black girls give head? Are we not supposed to give head? <laughs> yeah I feel like that kind of plays off of like us being very hypersexualized. like I feel like absolutely especially from a young age are hypersexualized, and then we yes. internalize that to not mm. be we don't want to be or present ourselves as hypersexual beings absolutely like we are just sexual beings just like everybody else you know? exactly and it's, it's sad because you know the history that came from slavery yeah. you know a lot of that that oh well they're just they they're just horny all the time they want to have sex all the time no we were being raped that's not something that we wanted that was forced on us and then I feel like even now you know we still have that because we're curvy or you know just our features in general we're just seen as very just sexual and promiscuous but I mean, honestly, there's not a difference statistically wise when they did this study as to what white women want and what black women want. Yeah. Yeah. So then how do you think that like, what's the best way to combat sexual shame within our community? Mm -hmm. I feel like there is so much of that, just as we were talking about being hypersexualized, um, but even like shame and stigma around STDs and STIs. A lot mm -hmm. of us are still very ignorant. I was at one point very ignorant when it came to those types of very sensitive topics. Um, yeah. And so yeah, we just want to get into like the shame part of it. I feel like there's also like a thing about like getting tested too many times. Like I've seen a lot mm -hmm. about like people saying, well, if you only had sex with one person, you wouldn't need to get tested Baby. like 12 times within a year. Baby. So no, no, you're being, no. Like, safe and taking precautions, we're still like, there's still that shame. So yeah. how, like, how do we go about that? So a lot of that shame, I feel like a lot of times comes from their, from their self. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like if anybody is shaming you for getting tested, wanting to know your status, sexual shame a lot of times comes from people that have issues within themselves so they feel as though they did something wrong and they want to shame other people as well so what I tell people because I've dealt with people that have had a lot of sexual shame whether it come from their parents you know oh you shouldn't have sex at 16 17 you're a slut if you do or religion religion is a huge thing in the black community and, and I'm not going to dig too much into that because I don't want to offend anyone. But I will say this. If you do come from a very religious background, um, my parents were very open, thankfully, about sex. They talked to me about sex at a very young age. Mm -hmm. I will say this a lot of times to parents and elderlies that feel like, oh, well, you know, 16, 17, 18, you know, you have to have sex when you get married. A lot of times, statistically, people are not having sex when they get married because in the African-American community, we're getting married at an older age. I think the average right now for our age is maybe like 32 to 35 as to when we're getting married. So do you really think we're sexual beings? We're, we're put on this earth to procreate. To procreate, you have to have sex. Yeah. So if we are sexual beings and as women, we're put on this earth to have a baby, there's no way we're going to wait to 33 or 35 to have sex. I mean, it's just very rare. Because you're naturally at at 16, you really start, you know, having those feelings towards sex. Yeah. Where if a boy touches you or kisses you in a certain way, it feels good. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. So what we have to do is start talking to our parents about sex, talking or the parents have to start talking to the children and teenagers about sex because that's still very taboo in this community. I have friends who are grown and I'll ask them, did your parents ever have like a conversation with you about sex? And they're like, oh, hell no. <laughs> and you know, even my boyfriend, I asked him, I was like, did your parents ever talk to you about sex? And he was like, his dad told him not to get anybody pregnant. And then that was like it. Yeah. 
So we have to, the reason why we're putting the sexual shame on these kids is we're not even talking to them about sex. We just expect them to know that these feelings are natural and that they shouldn't have sex. What we have to do is if we want them to stop having sex at a young age or stop the sexual shaming, we have to actually have an open and honest conversation about sex. And we also have to talk about not just the physical aspect of having sex, but the emotional aspect of having sex. Because there are a lot of teenagers that want to have sex because they know it feels good, but they don't realize like, you have sex with Johnny you might not end up with Johnny so that's going to take an emotional toll on you because then Johnny in a couple months or a year from now is going to be having sex with somebody else how do you think that you're going to handle that you know so I think sexual shame a lot of times it comes from people's own misunderstanding and there's no such thing as being tested too many times I tell people all the time if you have one sexual partner even if you trust that sexual partner, even if you guys are using protection, you should be getting tested every couple of months for STDs. You have a physical at least once a year, but that is not enough, especially if you're a black woman, because we have the number one rate of HIV and AIDS in the US. So yeah, it is. It's, the numbers are very staggering and black men are right behind us. Right. So that, that means we have to get tested on a daily basis. If you have multiple partners, you need to get tested on a daily basis. And honestly, there's no shame in that because you would be more ashamed if you ended up getting HIV or AIDS yeah, true. and not knowing and passing it on to other people. And then just like the STDs and STIs can be latent for so long. You Absolutely. Know, you may not even have symptoms. You may be walking around thinking, oh, I'm fine. I'm going to fuck him, 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 him. And you yep. know what all you have. I would rather be well informed. Yeah. Exactly. Then that's exactly right. And getting tested once a year is not going right. to, it's not going to help. Yeah, it's definitely not. That's not enough. You have to, you have to be consistent. If it's every two to three months and it, and it all varies on how many partners you have. If you just have one partner and you guys are using protection, um, I would still even so maybe get tested two to three times a year. Yeah. Even with one partner, just to be on the safe side. Right. Exactly. Did you have the talk? With oh my dad? God. I was going to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> no. I think like when I was around like 12, 13, I was in like seventh grade. My dad, like, like he wanted to initiate it, but mm-hmm. he got like real clammy. So we mm-hmm. never like had a full talk. But I always joke with my friends and say, like, my parents will find out I'm having sex when I get pregnant. I'm weak. <laughs> <laughs> really yeah so like i'm like when i get pregnant and i like send them whatever that's when they'll know and I'm, i think i'm okay with that because <laughs> it just feels like at this point like it's too late in the game yeah <laughs> we should have been having talk we never did so right I, there's I, nothing wrong with that yeah i feel like i've had like the opposite experience my mom and i used to be super crazy close mm-hmm. and she was super crazy open so we would like talk about sex all the time um I remember even one time like she said something like oh tell me what you know about like sucking dick and I was like mm, girl like this is a lot but my <laughs> <laughs> she is just she's out there but my dad <laughs> there was this one time we were at brunch and I was sitting across from him mm-hmm. and he was talking about like how my body was changing and I was like okay and then he was like well you know they say that once you start having sex then your body starts changing blah, blah. and I was like well and then I remember him like he was joking but he like pushed the table back on me and I was like oh my god because that was like Uh, I I think that was his opening to try and figure out if you were having I think he wanted to be like no dad I'm not having sex or yes dad I'm having sex if you want to ask then I'm gonna tell you and if you didn't want to know then you shouldn't ask right (laughs) that's how I feel about it so yeah I think they both obviously know my mom Mm -hmm. definitely knows like how sexual I am Mm -hmm. and like I know how sexual she is yeah she's a very sexual person but like me and my dad don't actively talk about sex Mm -hmm. Um, that's okay you know and I think I think it's okay your parents I think as long as they try I mean right now we're too old at this point but I always tell people as, as soon as Honestly, I think it should start as young as possible with a good touch, bad touch. I always tell parents, start off with good touch, bad touch when kids are like two, three, you know, oh, no one should be touching down there. This is your penis. This is your vagina. But a lot of African-American girls, one thing that differs between us and um, white women is Hispanic and black women. We get our menstrual as young as eight years old. 
That's early. It's very early. Yeah. As young as eight. White women typically don't get there until about the age of 12. So that's why I say, you know, I remember when I got my menstrual, my mom was like, okay, you know, now you're becoming a woman. These are things that happen with your body. These are changes. So it has to always be age appropriate because you don't want to scare an eight-year-old with talking about sex, but you should definitely be talking to them about whatever, if they're getting their menstrual, what goes along with that and how no man should be touching them and different things like that. But as we become adults, you know, we don't have anyone to talk to us about those things, but our girlfriends. And sometimes our friends are very misinformed um, and they just give the wrong information. Because I remember when I was in college, you know, a lot of my friends that were already having sex, they didn't even know how to put on a condom. And they were very much sexually active. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I wasn't sexually active then. And I was like, oh, you guys are putting on the condom wrong. And they were like, oh, I just let the guy do it. I'm like, you never check to make sure he's doing it correctly or that he even wore one or... So that's why I tell young women, I'm like, if you're going to be having sex, there's a responsibility with having sex. And you need to know how to put on a condom. There's female condoms. You need to know how to put on, the male needs to know how to put on his condom. You need to know how, if he's putting it on correctly, you know. So there is a responsibility that we have to teach these things to one another. Yeah. <sighs> okay. I feel like the, I, one thing I really want to touch on and I want to spend like a bulk of time touching on it is like the mental health aspect that you had touched on earlier and really mm -hmm. just the emotional piece. And you had said like, if your mental is not right, then like chances are your sexual experiences won't be like tip top. Right. You know, like that's like so interesting because like sometimes I feel like I walk this like fine line of like, do you ever feel like when you're really like at like a low point, that's when you have like great sex because you're like emotionally detached from it? Mm. I don't like that really i really feel like i have the best sex when i feel safe with my partner mm -hmm. and it's like a continuous yeah. partner and when i'm like feeling good yeah i feel like i'm like yeah this wave you know what i'm saying i agree yeah i also feel that but then there's like the other spectrum for me where i'm like you know when i just there's like certain like time periods where i'm like i'm just on my hot girl shit i'm doing whatever cereal yeah. right and just very like emotionally detached and that's like i feel like that's when it's like A1 because there's no like behind it. I've heard people say that before. Health and emotional piece from you. You know why? Because some people emotional detachment helps protect them from unwanted anxiety, from drama, from stress. Yeah. So for some people, it really is a defense mechanism. That's why if that's you're able, sad. yeah, if you're able to, it's it's a defense mechanism because then you don't have to think about your feelings you know, any unwanted, feel. you don't have to think about anything because you are literally separating yourself from that person and having, because really sex is very much, uh, it can be a soul tie. You know, when you're really sharing your body, that's why I tell people, if they realized how deep sex was, you just wouldn't have it with anyone because it really is a soul tie. Whether you want it to be or not, you are, you are literally joining with someone else's body. So whatever vibes and whatever or whatever they give off is going to, you guys are going to meet halfway in the middle. So people that have that emotional detachment, they put that block up. So that way they don't have to get that. Yeah. So it's, it's not healthy. I will say that I always tell people you want to, you want to be emotionally available when you're having sex. Right. And I think that if you're um, emotionally detached while you're having sex, it's a defense mechanism. And you're, it's, it's making yourself think like, oh, this is better sex. But the best sex comes from when you can really emotionally attach with that person. Yeah. You will have such a deeper meaning of sex. I mean, it's, it's out of this world. Your orgasm will be amazing. <laughs> and that's why they always say it's so funny you see that um meme where they say you know um you have the best sex when you know you're not supposed to be having sex with that person but oh, yeah. it's really just an it's just an emotional detachment or and it's and a lot of times it's adrenaline when you're not supposed to be doing and you can have the same effect 
when you have it with somebody that you love or someone you care about, you just might have to be a little bit more spontaneous. And, you know, I tell people, why do you just have sex in the bedroom? There's so many thousands of places you can have sex, have sex in the car, have sex on the washer or the dryer while it's going and create that vibration, have sex in the kitchen, you know, have fun. Like sex should be spontaneous. It shouldn't be a b c it should not be always structured you know you have to make it fun you have to have sex in different places and then you're going to get that adrenaline rush and it's going to feel exactly the same yeah yeah mm -hmm. i feel like the like um like the sex that you're not supposed to that you're not supposed to be having with that person is tip top tier because i feel like they're like depleting you of all affection until they're like in the bedroom and i feel like that's why you think it's so good but it's literally mm. You know what I mean? Like you're yep. stopping for like love and affection. If that's the only place that they're giving it to you, yeah. clearly in the bedroom, then like mm -hmm. you're gonna latch onto that. That's why. It's right. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. That's it's very true. Crazy, but it's like, to me, it just makes so much sense. Like yeah. it just, of course you think it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had one experience with this guy where we were together and we had been like going through some shit. And I remember him like, giving me oral sex and I was just laying there like just and I, <laughs> I'm usually very just looking dumb looking simple like I'm usually very vocal like you can tell when I'm into it I'm speaking to you I'm communicating while we're having sex like it's mm -hmm. I'm very vocal in the bedroom but I just wasn't and it wasn't bad I just could not get into it because I didn't mm. feel safe in our relationship at all I was checked mm -hmm. out I was oh yeah be like Get, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, get up. Get up. Because this ain't it. Oh, <laughs> and it happens. It, it, it definitely. And when that happens, there's a conversation that needs to be had um, with the relationship. Because anytime you feel an uneasy in your relationship, um, for a lot of people, it's like that. Like the sex is just not going to be effective. It's not going to work. You're going to feel numb. You're going to feel muted. So, you know, some symptoms of that are difficulties in the relationship. You know, when you feel like there's an uneasiness, um, if you're not able to express yourself, the lack of attention, the lack of affection, um, the lack of communication, them not being able to comprehend where you're coming from, all those things can cause emotional detachment. So a lot of times, you know, what I tell people, if you're, if you're having those issues and there's no medical condition that you're actually having like PTSD or depression or anxiety, then once you recognize that you're having that emotional detachment, you have to have that conversation and you have to decide if it's just a bump in the road that you guys can get through or if you need to end that convert or if you need to end that relationship because it's become unhealthy at that point and it's become toxic. Right, right. So then along those lines, like when you speak to women or men individually, mm -hmm. um, more specifically women I guess like what do you, what advice do you have for a woman who's really trying to grow in her sexuality and empower herself um through her sexuality oh I love that question so my first advice would be by yourself Ooh. I think as women we long to be in relationships no I'm serious because when I think about how I grew up watching all those Disney movies like Every Disney movie, I was obsessed with Disney movies. So every Disney movie you see, they weren't really independent in a sense. It was like they all longed to be in love and be married and have kids, which is great. There's nothing wrong with that. But you have to be whole for yourself first. You can't jump into anything sexually, mentally, physically, whatever, emotionally, until you know who you are as a person. So I always tell women, if you want to build that sexuality and start having that self-confidence in your relationship, you have to be alone first. You have to figure out what you like. Because a lot of times as women, we don't really know what we like and we want the men to come along and tell us what we like or just do it and then hope that it feels good. Well, you have to explore that with yourself. So take yourself out to eat, take yourself out to movies, spend that alone time and also, you have to explore yourself sexually. A lot of women feel shameful, I guess, when they masturbate or don't like to masturbate forever, for whatever reason. But that is when you truly figure out what you like. Yeah. If you cannot please yourself, there's no way a man is going to be able to come in and just please you. Right. And then it's going to be frustrating to you because then he's going to do something and you're like, oh my God, this doesn't feel good. 
And then he's going to sense, oh, she doesn't like this. And he's going to be like, babe, what's wrong? You're like, oh, I don't know. And then you get frustrated because you don't know how to communicate to him. Like, babe, you know what? I want you to put your tongue here. I want you to put your fingers here. Or I like two fingers instead of three fingers, you know? So start practicing that on yourself, you know, using your own fingers, using dildos using toys if you don't like dildos use like a small little vibrator i tell women all the time going to the sex store should be fun it should be exhilarating because they have lingerie they have lube there they have dildos they have games play those games like figure out what you like rub on your own breasts you know i mean you got two hands use one of them to do something with you know so (laughs) men, if you look at it men from a young age they start masturbating most boys start masturbating at what maybe like 12 to 14 they start touching their penis so men will tell you they'll when they're when you're giving them fellatio they'll be like oh suck it harder or suck here or do this harder they know how hard or soft or where they like it because they've been practicing since they were like 12 13 14 as women i think a lot of times we we even if we felt those sexual urges at that age we were scared to touch ourselves you know, we were scared to, to do whatever. So as we get older, we, we've already suppressed a part of us because when we were younger, you know, oh, that's, look, that's frowned upon or no one talks to us about masturbating as women. So once you get of age and you feel like, you know what, I need to find what I like sexually, start with yourself first. Always start with yourself. Explore your own body. Do you know where your vulva is? Do you know where your clitoris is? I have so many women, you know, that I counsel that don't even know their parts of their vagina. And that's so important to know where your vagina is, where the vulva is located, where the clitoris is located. You have to know your own body to be able to have your own orgasm. Right. So then like, what would you say that like a little small vibrator is like if someone is new to sex toys Mm -hmm. they kind of get into masturbation alone um Mm -hmm. what would you say is like the best toy that they Mm -hmm. can get to like kickstart their journey i would definitely say the the uh, mini vibrators that they have um because they definitely stimulate the clit like immediately and then they have different ranges and it's small because i feel like you know sometimes people are intimidated by the bigger ones um and it'll pretty much do the work for you because when you turn it on that thing starts to vibrate i mean you're you're gonna have all sensations running through your body (laughs) so i always tell people that's the best one um they also have one that fits on your finger And it has like ridges on it. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you like to be fingered, you can start off with that one. But I always say start small and then work your way up because there are bigger vibrators or there's like smaller ones that are more realistic to guys' penis between six to eight inches, but they have like double stimulation on there. So there's one that goes actually inside your vagina and the other one is like a click stimulator. So it's like almost circle like this. So you insert one in and the other one is... Um, stimulating your click and so you got that vibration you got the ribs that are actually inside and then you have the little click stimulator so it I mean it feels amazing yeah the the little mini ones are fun too because even if you like get in a relationship or you don't have to be in a relationship obviously but if you have a partner then sometimes they have a little remote and he can (laughs) yes yes and he can take charge yes (laughs) exactly Y'all and even yeah and that one's a lot of fun just because that shows trust like you have to trust him to what he's gonna put on especially if you guys are out in public which I think is always the most fun is if you're out at like a dinner or going to the movies or something he can turn it on and off that definitely sets the mood for when you guys get back home for sure you already know (laughs) um yeah any other advice or any other like closing thoughts that you have on exploring your sexuality especially for us young black women clear 24 i'm 25 really still like you know learning more about our bodies what we want Mm -hmm. um focus on healing focus on self-care your mental health um eating well 
making your money, uh, challenging your mind, keeping positive energy. There's always going to be time for men and men, they're going to be there always. But I think the most important thing is really to focus on your own healing. And if you feel like, you know, there's something that's not quite right in your life or something from your childhood that you really want to explore, then go to therapy. And the first time you go to a therapist, you might not, that might not be the right therapist for you. People go to a therapist and then they're like, oh, you know, it didn't work. I don't need therapy. Therapy doesn't work. Yeah. I tell people all the time, therapy is almost like choosing, choosing a therapist is almost like choosing a friend. You know, you're going to go the first time, ask questions, figure out where they, figure out who they are, if they have the same values or the things that you're interested in, if they can understand where you're coming from. Because honestly, for me being 30 something years old, I'm not going to go to a 70, 80 year old therapist. I'm going to go to someone maybe a little bit older than me um, and someone with a little bit more life experience. So but that's not so traditional that I can't talk to her about certain things. So be open to finding, you know, the therapist that really works for you. And if it doesn't work the first time, please seek somebody else. Because, you know, I've had clients where I say, you know what, I don't think I'm a good fit for you because they're a little bit maybe more religious and certain things like that. Or I don't deal with the LBGQT community. Um, I hope I said that right. Um, just because I don't have training in that. I've only taken like one course. So I always, you know, refer them to somebody else and then you know save a boyfriend for a rainy day and another in case it doesn't rain so <laughs> i love that have fun dating have fun. you guys are young if you're under the age of 25 have fun dating that's all i'm just have fun well, thank you so much, Dr. Canary. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Thank you guys for having me. And I'm so proud of you, ladies. You guys are awesome. And this is definitely a platform that a lot of young women need to see. So you guys keep doing your thing. Thank, thank you. you so much. We really appreciate you. You're welcome, guys. All right. So let's go ahead and jump right on into our media midnight. <laughs> What was that? Did you like that? It's free of charge, baby. Don't even worry about it. Purr. Okay, so, Fonta, can you tell us what our immediate minute is? Yes. So, since the theme for our episode today is sex, let's talk about sex, baby. I've been seeing a lot, a lot of tweets, sex shaming, date shaming this week. We hate to see it. About my good sis, Lori Harvey. Okay. The queen of Capricorns. She's a Capricorn. Oh, yeah, she is a Capricorn. Her birthday was a few days ago. Queen. I stand. Oh, <laughs> my God. I'm a Capricorn so, sis. Period. She, queen love her. of serial dating. I love her. So I saw this tweet that was really interesting to me. It's actually a series of two tweets, I'll say. Oh, three tweets? Let's do three tweets. <laughs> it's from one girl, but this this girl was- This came from a woman? Yeah, but okay. it's about- I'll read it. Oh, Okay. So she goes, men, and then says, in quotes, I just want to explore my options and get myself together before I settle down. Also, men, Lori Harvey is jumping from man to man, and you're a whore, if you, and you're a hoe if you do the same, just fucking multiple niggas. Period. Mm-hmm. And before one of y'all say, but she's not, but she's a female, hear me clearly, it does not matter. No, it doesn't. Her second tweet, <laughs> they lied to you your whole life. Vaginas don't stretch. Energy transfers via the closeness of intimacy, period, mm. not sex. Mm. Sexual soul ties are not a thing. Also, dating does not automatically mean having sex. Women and men are sometimes in the same place together, enjoying each other's company without fucking. And I think I'll, I'll, I'll end there. Okay. Thoughts. Second tweet is a little interesting. What about it? Well, let's start with the first. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I wish you niggas would stop doing this shit because it's okay for you to fuck everything walking with fucking two legs. But when you Even see, with one leg, one arm, that's fine. That's fine. As long as they have a vagina, as long as they have a pussy, you in that's that shit. Working, they good. You in that shit. So I don't want to <laughs> hear nothing about Lori Harvey or whoever else fucking as many niggas as they want to fuck. I love a woman who is sexually empowered and sexually liberated Period. and stands behind that ten toes, like. 
I don't, I don't understand why men do this. And it's such a big double standard, especially within the black community, because y'all literally fuck anything and it's no big deal. First of all, y'all be fucking and y'all don't even be getting tested, bitch. So honestly, if anybody should be ashamed, bitch, it should be you. It shouldn't be Lori, bitch. And you know, you know, how about that? How about that? So I think the second tweet is interesting just because she was talking about how like energy isn't necessarily transferred when having sex. Is that what she said? No. Okay. So her point here, which I 100% agree with, is that energy transfers via intimacy, not right. just sex. Okay. And that's And fair. that's her point. But I mean, I Where feel it's like, like just sex is yes. so intimate, though, mm-hmm. is the thing. It's like... But your energy can transfer from, like, literally just us You'd be in the right same here. room. Right. Right. Yeah. So it shouldn't be like, bitch, just because she... If she wants to have sex with 36 different niggas... What is that? What is I think is that? Also, like Lori Harvey is beautiful. She's gorgeous, and niggas, and she's not attainable. Exactly for this for these regular ass for you, ass niggas, bum ass niggas. That's common about her <laughs> pussy. Y'all could never. But also, like I feel like Period. men have like this certain standard. This what they put on us. How they feel like we should act. And especially because she's famous, especially because you will never be able to get close to her, especially because she's beautiful as fuck. So now you feel like, damn, oh, she's she's moving like X, Y, Z. But like you look like a bum ass nigga. So how are you moving? Period. And then, oh, my God, I saw another tweet about her that was like saying how she's like the um, female future. And then someone combated it and was like, but she has zero children. Future has like eight kids, doesn't want to take care of any of them. He's like a literally, bomb. he's like literally like a such a misogynist, misogynistic piece of shit. And she literally is not causing anyone harm. Yeah, she's so how is she's it unproblematic? Equal? Y'all just don't like her because she does what she needs to do and she moves right along like it don't even mean nothing to her. Period. And I don't, I don't understand. And I how stand. are you exactly? And I stand even if she's a serial dater, I stand because how are you supposed to know what you like and don't like if you don't test out different waters? That's true. You have to have different experiences. Hello. And so, bitch, if future ain't it, then move on to the next one. Right. That's, like that's I. It. That's really it. I don't I don't know. I don't know. That shit really pisses me off because I feel like niggas always have so much to say about some pussy that ain't theirs. Like Period. shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Let Mind her yours. Do, yeah, let her do whatever the fuck she wants. If she wants to date another nigga next week, that's her fucking business. As long as she's being safe and mm-hmm. it's consensual, mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck. I don't Period. care. And she's young, having fun. She looks she's happy. Young. She's are y'all happy? 24. Right. What are you expecting her to do? Like, we cannot always be expected to, like, have these long-lasting relationships with men who are garbage. Period. If you are garbage, then, like, I have to take care of myself and move on to the next. And if that's what I'm doing, then you can really eat a dick. <laughs> if you have anything bad to say about it. Like, I, that's just how I feel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just... It pisses me off. Like... Uh, I agree, but that's exact. That's what that is the perfect ending to this fucking episode. Since we're talking about sex, be sexually liberated, liberated women. Yes. Do y'all thing. Do y'all thing. Have fun with it. We young. Okay. Enjoy yourselves. Period. period. If you want to date every nigga in the world, that's your business. Take your time, baby, and do it. That's your business. Just be safe. Be safe. Be safe, baby. Yes. Communicate your needs, and that's it. Her. So we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening.